Welcome to Undiscarded Stories of New York, a podcast brought to you by the City Reliquary Museum and Civic Organization in Brooklyn. My guest today is someone who spent a lot of time in museums, helping design exhibits all around the world. You are what they call an experiential designer. Pamela Parker, tell me what that means. Yeah, my uh, my background is in graphic design, but I kind of work in the intersection between um, graphics and visual communication and space spaces, all kinds of experience, visitor experiences, museums, exhibitions, um, uh, you know, heritage sites, that kind of thing, um, and work with experts to help communicate their ideas in a physical space. But we're not here to talk about Pamela's professional life at all, but rather a group of artifacts currently on display at the reliquary that she and her family have collected pretty much by accident over the course of several decades. Let's just set the scene a little bit. So we're currently sitting inside the lobby of the reliquary. You have a big Ghanaian coffin behind you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're right next to the subway vitrine. And then when you look up, we see a, in big comic book writing, Meanwhile in Queens. Underneath that familiar comic book headline is a collection of letters written mainly by children and all mailed, uninvited, to Pamela's childhood home in Forest Hills. These kids were writing to someone who is probably Queen's most famous fictional resident, but who also happens to share Pamela's last name. Who are we here to talk about, Pamela? Uh, well, uh, we're here to talk about Peter Parker, otherwise known as Spider-Man, who is a comic book hero who, unlike other comic heroes who live in kind of um, imaginary metropolises and Gotham City, um, he's from a real place. And he's really from Queens. <laughs> um, and it just so happens that he lived at an address in Queens that that I shared was the home that I grew up in. And your last name is Parker as well. <laughs> it is, yes, a really funny coincidence or, you know, we can speculate whether or not it was a coincidence, but we share a last name and an address. When did your family start noticing these letters? I don't know if I could say when the first one was, but I would say that they did come just sporadically. We would get letters for Peter Parker and and because they were quite random and often scrawly kids handwriting, it was a little mystery and we would just kind of be, you know, private joke. Oh, here's another one. We imagine that they were just a prank of somebody, maybe a friend of ours or somebody who knew our contact and thought it was funny that our last name was Parker. But it wasn't a random prank, but rather the result of some sleuthing by some dedicated young Spider-Man fans from all around the world. They found the Parker family's real address hidden in some pieces of mail addressed to Peter Parker in two separate issues of the Spider-Man comic book published in 1989. We had no idea. We didn't know about the connection until quite late, actually. We 
were informed by a local reporter for the Queen's Tribune who came around and showed us the original issues of the comic. And we and it was only then that we put two and two together. And that was probably like around 2000, 2001. The address was actually published in two issues of the comic book and it cut off from the 1989 issues. So you have to actually have both of those sequential issues and put it together to get the full address. So really so someone had to, yes. True fans. It. Exactly. <laughs> Detail-oriented fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why didn't you guys just toss them in the garbage? Like, how come you decided to keep them? Like, what was it about it for you or for your mom, whoever decided to save it? Yeah, I'm sure there there were a number that did go into the bin, especially mm-hmm. earlier on. It wasn't until I think that there was some recognition of a pattern that it, maybe we started to have a little pile of them. And also we would get all kinds of crazy junk mail for Peter Parker as well. A lot of credit card come-ons and... That's hilarious. <laughs> magazine <laughs> s- subscriptions in his name. But yeah, one of the objects on display is a Discover card for him. So. It's a good thing you guys were honest. It might have been very tempting to open up a fake. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I know we received at least one check in his name as well. All kinds. It's really funny how that address is in the ether. Some of these are actually very cute. Uh, You know, if you feel like reading out any of them, you can. Oh, I'm happy to. I might have to get up. Yeah, take the microphone with you. Okay, so let's see. This is actually one of my favorites. Dear Spider-Man, how are you? We are fine here in India, and it is a really thrilling experience for us to write a letter to you. We reside in a remote village called VMT in the southernmost tip of Tamil Nadu in South India with our parents. And very soon our school will close for annual holidays. And we want to spend our holidays happily doing fun activities. And we would love to imitate you scaling the walls, jumping off from the top of buildings and to protect children in danger like a superhero. But we know very well that that happens only in real life and not so in real life. And here they've done a little pun where R-E-E-L. So it only happens in the movies. Wow, that's amazing because that's coming all the way from India. I'm originally from Pakistan and, uh, you know... You definitely got comics there. There were like few stores that sold it. Sometimes it wasn't very, you know, you wouldn't know it wouldn't come with a lot of regularity. So you'd go and sometimes the issues would be out of sequence. So it's nice to know that even all the way there, they're paying attention to Spider-Man. And uh, I know that when I went back, my cousin's son, he's eight and he's a big Spider-Man fan. And I was like, oh, you know, we live in the neighborhood where Spider-Man's fun. He was like, what? So I can only imagine what it's like to say that you are at the address. What do you think the motivations are to like write to Spider-Man? I mean, they vary. You know, some of the letters are kind of a little bit like letters to Santa where they're asking him for stuff. I want a new Spider-Man costume or, you know, um, some of them are like this letter from India, just asking for him to come hang out. You know, I want to meet you. I want you to. They're fan letters in that way where they'll give a little bit of information about themselves and really in the hopes of like, you're my hero. I'd like to meet you one day. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're adorable. I saw some of them. One of them was asking, I think, advice 
on how the web slinger works. And mm-hmm. <laughs> another one, I think, was I think all the way from Switzerland. Right. And then you also got some gifts up there. <laughs> yes. And that's a really lovely one that came, I think, from Switzerland with very little writing, but just clearly some child's like treasures that they wanted to give to Spider-Man. So there's one Euro coin and a little candy and a bit of string. And we get a lot of drawings, lovely children's drawings as well. I would like to know you and if you plan to come to Europe. Right. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people are looking for tour, for him to tour and (laughs) for a visit. Some of them are also you know, threatening to expose his secret identity. I know who you are. I know where you live. (laughs) So, yeah, I know. I don't think Spider-Man would have been too pleased to see his address in print. I agree. I think he was a pretty private person. Let's hear a few more of these letters. Hi, Spider-Man. I am Jax. I think you are cool. I really want to see you. Spider-Man, can I get a costume, please? Dear Spider-Man, I am four years old and I am a big boy like you. You are doing great saving people and you don't die when you do it. I hope you're having a good time. I love you. P.S. I'm sending your picture. Dear Spider-Man, would you like to come to our house sometime in the summer? We live in Kentucky. Do you live in Kentucky too? When you come to our house, can you put on your costume? After that, what would you like to do? Do you play baseball or football? Spider-Man, can you also meet Colby? Colby is my brother, and my name is Shelby. If you were trying to find my house, look for 3686. Love, Shelby. March 2013. Dear Spider-Man, from Connor... I'm a big fan of you. Everybody knows your secret. You're Peter Parker. Well, can you make some things? Or can you make Dr. Connor instructions to make a ray that makes you Spider-Man? I want a web slinger and all the Spider-Man things, or else I will tell on May. Dear Spider-Man, I like how you swing. Could you teach me how to make two web shooters? Like you did. And if you do, I will swing if you don't do as I stop. Can you make the costume too? That fits for me. Oh, and my brother. Two amazing Spider-Man. Dear Spider-Man, I think you are the best superhero. I was wondering if you could send me a real Spider-Man mask. I'm nine in third grade, and I'm the cool, awesome one, but a secret nerd. Please write back. I forgot to tell you my name's Clay. Sincerely, Clay. Was this, did your friends know about it? Was this like a known thing in your neighborhood? Was it just like a family sort of a secret? Um, Well, as I say, growing up, we really didn't, know the source of the letters or the connection. I think there was always a little bit of fun about the name sounding similar so that we would have some jokes around that. But I will say another coincidence about the story is that our neighbor across the street, her name was Terry Osborne. And Osborne is, yeah, (laughs) 
also the major player in the Spider-Man comics. So, um, you know, that was just another layer of coincidence. Did your friends think it was cool? Like, did you have any friends who were like, oh, my God, it's so cool. You're getting <laughs> Spider-Man letters. And, you know, were you a big Spider-Man fan? <laughs> yeah. So it has been a great story to impress kids with and kids of every age, really. I think there are a lot of like Spider-Man enthusiasts, <laughs> um, you know, adults. And so it's a fun it's a fun story for everyone. Yeah, I think it's it's been something that I've been able to share more in my adult life to impress little kids with. Um, you know, I think I had always had in my mind that it would be great to do a show of the letters. So you sort of uh, hung on and then you saw the reliquary and, and it was like, this would be a great space for them. Or did it just casually come up in conversation that? <laughs> so I had... I had my wedding at the reliquary and thought, oh, this is such a wonderful, special place in the city. And so wanted to stay connected. And so I started volunteering with them on some design, small design projects for collector's night and other bits, and then eventually joined the board. And in the board discussions, it just came up, oh, there's this funny story about me. I'm from Queens and I'm from Peter Parker's it's house. It's definitely a great uh, conversation opener. Yeah. <laughs> My parents sold the house in, I believe, 2016. And at that point, they were kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do with all of these letters. So, oh, please give them to me. How many, how many were they? Is this just a selection or were they many more? This is a selection. I don't have the hundreds that we got over the years. I probably have, you know, dozens of them that we that we held on to. So, yeah, a cigar box kind of um, that we had saved and that I've been moving around from place to place with <laughs> for, for years. So I'm curious, you you know, hanging on to these like fan letters, did it ever cross your family's mind to like, let's forward these on to Marvel? To send the physical letters? Yeah. No, um, I think, you know, so when this story broke in 2001, which was right before the first film came out. Yeah, well, I remember the one with not Tom Holland, uh, the Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. Yes. <laughs> Fun fact, I was an extra. No kidding. Yes, I was in the Green <laughs> Goblin Times Square. I was, I'm like one of the dots. Anyway, random tangent. Let's get back to what you were saying. So the first I mean, movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds super fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the first film came out in 2001. And it was around that time I said that the initial local reporter came and told us about the... Very savvy reporter to make that connection. <laughs> Indeed, yes. And then after the Queen's Tribune had picked that up, there were... It, a number of other publications that wanted to pick it up, including the New York Times article, which is on display here. And then it became this sort of fun story, but also like because of the connection, the movie coming out, there's a lot of Spider-Man enthusiasm and it became a huge story. And all of these different media sources were calling the house all the time. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and so there was a lot of interest in it at that time. There's an unresolved mystery here, of course, which is how did Pamela's family address end up in the comic book in the first place? Surely someone at Marvel must have looked in the phone book for some Parkers and Queens, right? So during that like media <laughs> frenzy time, their reporters did reach out to Stan Lee and his like he was interviewed. His quote on the matter is a family named Parker lives at the Spider-Man address. That's uncanny. It boggles the mind. <laughs> so they claim no, no looking up in the telephone book. I think 
it will have to remain what's a your, mystery. What's your theory? You, have you guys had a couple of theories over the year? It's certainly possible that it was just a coincidence. We do think that someone might have looked in the phone book and found a Parker in Forest Hills. Yeah, because um, he's been known been... to be living in Queens for a while. I think that was right off the bat, you know. That's true. And the house that I grew up in, it doesn't look like Peter Parker's house as it's portrayed in the comics or mm-hmm. in the film. Forest Hills address that I'm from is in part of Forest Hills Gardens, which is one of the oldest planned suburbs in the country. And so it has very, the houses are more like Tudor style Mm -hmm. houses. He is from a more classic kind of Queens row house. Mm -hmm. So um, that's sort of, so have you seen all the movies? Does this make you more of a fan or are you just, oh God, not Spider-Man again? (laughs) I I have a lot of love for (laughs) Spider-Man. I will admit that I have not seen all of them because there's been a lot of movies. I think they're like, they're, there must be like eight or something at this point. You know, I definitely got into it and I think they're a lot of fun. It's interesting to me that this sort of story, for some reason, it seems like every couple of years there's like a renewed interest in it. Why do you think that is? It, it does feel like there's always one that is coming out or just came out. And that's been ongoing. There has been a lot of media covering this piece again. And it, it does tend to be the sort of chain reaction of different outlets covering it. It's amazing how much resonance certain superheroes really just seem to have over over decades. I think that's the cool thing about Spider-Man is he has been one of my favorites. Like, you know, I'm not a fanatic who like read every single episode. But when I when I think of superheroes that I like, one of them is Spider-Man. And it's because I remember, I can't remember if it was a show. I can't remember if it was a comic, but I remember he stressed out about paying his rent. He had to deal with some real world (laughs) problems as well. Because, you know, you have Batman with unlimited resources, all sorts of money to spend a tricked out Batcave. And you're like, how much does this stuff cost? And meanwhile, Spider-Man is fighting crime and then trying to figure out how to pay his rent or worrying about his elderly, you know, family. Yeah, he's also caretaking for his Mm -hmm. aunt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that was kind of a really relatable part of Spider-Man. I'm wondering, uh, you know, it's like a different sort of more relatable hero. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I agree. Do you have a message to all the fans who've written to you, family, over the years? If you could say one thing to them, what would you say to them? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, thank you. We're, re- we're reading <laughs> somebody them. on the other end. <laughs> um, I am sorry that we couldn't write back to everybody, but I do think it's nice to leave a little mystery. Do you and your family ever get sick of talking about it? Oh, it's a funny thing to have your 15 minutes for, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> comics play a big role in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think there's just something really compelling about that medium and it does so much visually and there's just a lot to draw from because just it's an incredible means for communication. This has been Undiscarded Stories of New York, a podcast brought to you by the City Reliquary Museum and Civic Organization in Brooklyn, New York in partnership with Citizen Racecar. My name is Tanya Muhammad, and I produce this show in collaboration with David Hoffman, who edits the stories. 
Post-production and original music by Jose Miguel Baez. Contributing producer, Jacob Ford. Production manager, Gabriela Montequin. Outreach managers, Sarah Shalantano and Condice Chanteloup. The Letters to Spider-Man were performed by Noah Furlong, Helen Hoffman, Walter Hoffman, Helena Nix, Jackson Page, and Nolan Page. To learn more about the artifact in this episode, check out undiscarded.org and be sure to follow at City Reliquary on Instagram for facts and pictures. The popular Letters to Spider-Man exhibit has been extended for now. You can also hear about the museum's mission, exhibits, and events at cityreliquary.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Undiscarded, don't forget to please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and help spread the word. There are so many more stories to tell. Looking for another New York City podcast? Our friends at Brooklyn Public Library have a podcast we love. Borrowed is a narrative show about superhero librarians, neighborhood stories, and what it means to be a free, democratic place in a changing world. They have episodes about libraries during natural disasters, intellectual freedom, the challenges of homelessness, and New York City's fraught relationship with trash. Just search for Borrowed in your podcast app of choice or on the web at bklynlibrary.org slash podcast.